listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Cowboys fans rejoice. It's Scott Linehan, firing day. Uh, Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) A couple of minutes just before we started recording the podcast, Scott Linehan has been fired as the OC of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get on to that in a few minutes. But it's championship weekend, a couple of games left. It's um, the saddening fact that there's only three games left in the season. Uh, And after, obviously, this week, it's just the Super Bowl left to go. Great show in front of us uh, today. We have uh, Lee join us as always, co-host to go through the two championship games and see you know where these games are going to be won and lost. And we're going to be joined by Adam Wolford, like we are every Friday, to go through the best bets for just the two games. Obviously, this weekend, Lee, um, I'm sure you're just as happy as I am. Scotland and Han no longer on the Cowboys uh, coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely happy for you. Obviously, you've uh, had uh, beef against the Cowboys coaching staff, obviously, uh, you know, for as long as we've worked together. And, uh, yeah, it kind of, I mean, it's not going to really affect me too much as a Chargers fan because we very rarely play each other. Um, you know, unless we get to the Super Bowl or every four years or whatever it will be. So it's not going to directly impact me either. So, yeah, happy for you, definitely. Yeah, and we had a, a question from uh, Chris Carpenter at Carpy85. Shout out to you, my friend. He says, should uh, should Jason Garrett go uh, as well? Now, I know there's a few things on Twitter saying there's an announcement coming, so I don't know whether that means Jason Garrett does follow him. But as far as I'm concerned, he probably deserves 2019 to, to see where he goes. I know in his tenure at, at the Dallas Cowboys, he's not really done a lot. He's only won maybe, what, a couple of playoff games uh, at best and with that team as well. I suppose that can be classed as gross misconduct. But I know Jerry likes a puppet. Um, you know, you, you only have to hear the song that we've uh, we've done for the Jason Garrett Corner to, to know that. But, yeah, he, you know, Jerry Jones likes the yes man. He likes someone who's not going to, you know... He didn't like Jimmy Johnson, did he? Even though he won in, won in his last Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, he, he likes a yes man. He likes someone he can manipulate and kind of just control the team through him. So you've got that. And then you've got the fact that Jason Garrett you know, won a playoff game this season as well. Looking good. If they can bring in, depends who they bring in as well. Uh, on offensive coordinator, it'd be interesting to see kind of uh, what goes on there. Jason Lackham, one of the NFL insiders there across the pond, says that there's going to be a lot of money poured into this offense uh, in the off-season. Off so... Um, quietly excited. Um, it's kind of like when you're on a on a wooden bridge over the top of a volcano where you're treading lightly, um, just to see kind of treading water, to see, see what, what what kind is going to go on, and see what's going to happen, and see if they just fall into the volcano. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, I don't I don't know what you you feel about Jason Garrett. Well, yeah, like you say, he's just a yes man, isn't he? He's just a puppet. Um, you know, he's not the sort of coach that I would like to be coaching my team. Um, as we know, you know he's he's not an exciting coach. Um, yeah, he's not someone that goes for it. He's not very exciting in that sense either. Um, so yeah, I'm glad he doesn't coach my team, and you know uh, maybe might not coach yours soon. Yeah, I mean, well, he's been there what nearly what nine years? I think he's been there now. 2010-ish, I think, as a, mm. as a head coach. What is it? 77 and 59 record. So, I mean, he's a win- he's got a winning record. He's five and uh, um, he's two and three in the playoffs, which is obviously at the end of the day what you get uh, what you get graded against. But um, yeah, I mean, over the last couple of years, considering what we've got there, uh, you've you've got the Des Bryant debacle as well, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't like I said, we're not going to win a, a Super Bowl under Jason Garrett. So it just depends on what Jerry kind of wants. If he wants a Super Bowl, <clears throat> he has to go out the door, doesn't he? 
Well, yeah, yeah, you'd think so. And, and he, he kind of strikes me as a, a coach that's not very sort of up to date. Uh, he's not sort of, um, you know, like you do Pedersen, you Matt Nagy kind of, uh, Sean McVay kind of offensive guy, mm-hmm. just sort of pulling out all yeah. kind of weird and wonderful stuff. He's very sort of by the book. And um, yeah, I, I kind of think that football's going away from that. It's kind of thinking outside the box a little bit more than Jason Garrett is used to, I would say. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to replace. Uh, Lenahan with with a, a new and fresh offensive coordinator that might bring Dallas into the twenty first century a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll, I'll judge, I'll, I'll rule on the decision kind of to, when we bring in the, the OC, see who that is. If that breaks on the show as well, we will bring it to you. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll reserve my judgment for, for that time. But uh, if Jack, I did hear a rumour that Jason Garrett's going to take over the play calling, which is uh, considering we haven't even hired an offensive coordinator yet so uh, it's, it's quite an interesting move but I don't know if that was confirmed or anything like that so again it's just happened literally 10-15 yeah. minutes ago so we'll just have to kind of wait and see uh, how it plays obviously we're recording this at 20 to 8 on a Friday night it's give it five or six hours back it's what two one half one two o'clock over there so um, yeah obviously yeah. a lot, lot more details to come which we will get to no doubt uh, come Tuesday when we uh, are back on the podcast. Uh, before we, we get into the championship games, Leah, I just want to give a shout out to Jason Seeley, who's currently got a perfect bracket at the moment. Only one, or only one person that has the perfect bracket. So, um, well done to him. Kudos to him for for doing that. And I think there's a couple of yeah, I know, I know, very good. Um, obviously, yeah, perfect eight from eight. There's a couple of you on seven. So don't if you are one of those on seven. Uh, Aaron Jackson and Richard Templeman, uh, names that spring to mind, used to have a chance, obviously, of winning the uh, the jersey. So, I think they just need a couple of results. I think it all it all depends on one game uh, this weekend. I won't I won't spoil it for which one it is, but uh, yeah, all still within a live live shout of the uh, of that jersey there. So, good luck to all of you. Um, yeah, so like I say, we uh, let's get into Championship weekend. Are you looking forward to the two games? Which one are you looking forward to most? Um, I'd say the Rams and the Saints actually. Um, I think, yeah, I think both games are really equal. So I, I was doing my notes to preparing in the usual way for this podcast and kind of toed and throwed quite a lot on both games. But I think the Rams and the Saints has, has uh, all the ingredients are really, really good. Yeah, I mean, there should be a double... I mean, apart from the times, the, the times are a bit weird this Sunday, aren't they? Um, most people probably go to bed after the first one, uh, which is the Saints-Rams. So, uh, And of course, it's it's quite weird, actually, that the championship games are replays of games earlier in the season. And I say it's weird because, obviously, they're not. there's no divisional games where they obviously play each other during the season. But, so yeah, obviously one and two seeds as well, which is quite a rare occurrence. I think it's the first time since uh, 1990, I think, uh, off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, the two the, these two games obviously were at some point earlier in the season, which we'll get on to when we break the two games down. Uh, but yeah, looking looking at it as a whole though, Lee, I, I suppose you know you've got four great teams here. You know, f- top four in points four over the season, uh, top three in uh, percentage of drives with a with a score. Um, with New England are seventh on that one, and the top three in total amount of touchdowns. New England seventh in that one as well. Uh, and the top three average points per drive, uh, Kansas City averaging 3.12 uh, points per drive. That's a field goal drive, which is uh, no mean feat. Yeah, yeah so what, we, what do we think then? We reckon there's going to be quite a few points then on the weekend. Uh, I think one game will. I think one game will go under. Uh, and I say my, my thoughts will be a bit later on there with Adam. But yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one because it's, it's also strange because there's yeah, both home teams are three-point favourites. Both over/under lines are fifty-six and a half. So um, that's also quite strange uh, to me. But uh, yeah, yeah it is, 
Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if any any one game is easier to call than the other. I know quite a lot of people will be interested in the Patriots plus the points in the in the playoffs, which isn't uh, that regular an occurrence. But yeah, for, for me, if, you, if you're looking at all four teams, though, I think <clears throat> yeah, you've got four great coaches. You've got four great teams, offences and defences and, and what have you, four you know, teams that are accustomed to playoff football, big game football uh, in, the, in the, this year and last year. Um, but I, th- I think it, it, yeah, the only weak, weak link I can think I can see with uh, all the four of these teams is just Jared Goff. You know the four the four quarterbacks. You've got Drew Brees, who's won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, comes up in the in the big moments. He's one of the going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then you know Tom Brady, exactly the same. He's you know eight eight straight champion, uh, championship games for him and the New England Patriots. Um, and then you've got uh, who's the other one I'm missing. Patrick Mahomes, I know he's not he's not done too much, but he's set the world alight this season. You know, fifty touchdowns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I just think Jared Goff is the weak link there of the four, and in where you've got teams and and coaches that are all as good as they are, I think Goff could be the one to let maybe let the Rams down this week. Yeah, potentially. I think, like you say, I think he's definitely uh, sort of the the lesser of the four quarterbacks. I do say that quite lightly because I do think he's he's pretty good. Uh, but like we were saying last week, I think he's a, he's a bit of an extension of Sean McVay. I think he'd he'd struggle if he went elsewhere uh, without someone like Sean McVay in his ear and designing the sort of plays that he does and calling the plays that he does. Mm. And obviously he's got that defense playing on as well, which is obviously all star cast as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let's move into the NFC game then, Lee. So uh, Rams are travelling to the New Orleans Saints. Like I say, the uh, Saints are minus three. Uh, on the handicap over under here is 56.5 the all-time head-to-head in this one is uh, 34 to 41 uh, which is quite strange but obviously it was last time they played in the playoffs and they've only played once in the playoffs previously in 2000 when it was the St. Louis Rams the Kurt, Kurt Warner led Lewis Ram, uh, St. Louis Rams had a quite a few number of interceptions in that game if I remember Saints taking that one 31 uh, to 28 Obviously, they play back in week nine, which I, I said a bit at the top of the show. Thirty-five to forty-five to New Orleans in that one, um, which is quite an interesting game when you go back and look at it. Because New Orleans, you know, five of the first six, six drives were touchdowns, uh, which gave them a thirty-five to seventeen halftime lead. Uh, the Rams managed to get back into that one and tie it up at thirty-five all. Uh, but then Thomas uh, seventy-two yard pass from from Breeze there, kind of inching them over the line. Uh, how, how do you see this one going? Yeah. Like I said at the top of the show, I think I really toed and proed on this one. I can see, I can see all possibilities. I, don't, I really don't know on this one. I can see another, you know, possibility where it's another repeat of that kind of game where it's quite high scoring, quite open. But then obviously both defenses um, have, you know, a tendency to step up. Especially, you know, New Orleans have got better on defense throughout the season. You know, you've got all the big names on the Rams defense. You can make a case for it being the kind of low scoring and defensive kind of game as well. Mm. So I'm not really sure, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, uh, I haven't really made my mind up on it either. I kind of just want to sit back and let them do the talking on the field, to be honest with you. Mm. I will go for the same to win, uh, as I back them you know, all the way through to, well, since the playoffs, I know, uh, to sort of win the Super Bowl uh, in my bracket as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll go for them to win narrowly. I think it'll be relatively high scoring. And, you know, it might come down to something like, you know, a good, a good defensive play from one team or the other. That'll swing it. I don't think it'll be up and down the field. I don't think it'll be one of those things where there's barely any stops. I think there'll be a good amount of stops. I think there'll be a good amount of points as well. Uh, and, and yeah, it might take, like I say, just a one or two defensive plays that'll really swing the momentum, uh, or you know maybe a score or something that'll break the game wide open as well. 
Yeah, for me, I think this one comes down to the quarterbacks. I think you'll be able to see in this game why Drew Brees is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and why Jared Goff possibly probably isn't. Um, obviously, Goff's got a long way to go in his career yet, and under the coaching of, of Sean McVay, um, you know, he, who's to say he won't get there? But uh, I think this one could come down to one mistake. You know, last season, the Saints remind the Minnesota Miracle one mistake away from from the. Uh, from the from the big game, or well, from from advancing, uh, I think they'll they'll probably learn from that, and they'll be they'll play hard for sixty minutes. Um, I just think Drew Brees, yeah, he's he's Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints are a team that you know if they need to to win by the pass, they can win by the pass, and Drew Brees will step up. Um, but you know, recent times they've led on, uh, they've leaned on Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. So if they can, if they need to do that, they can do that as well. And I just think the Saints will will force Jared Goff to be the one to to beat them. Um, you know, the, the run defense is pretty decent. I know Sheldon Rankins is is, is obviously out of the uh, defense now, but I, I still think they'll try and they'll, they'll ensure they stop Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson that one-two punch there that's been effective for the last couple of weeks uh, of the season, and especially last week. I don't, I'd be very surprised if you see uh, a lot of yardage on the ground there for the Rams. So I think it will come into Goff's hands, and I think I don't think Goff is going to be able to to beat this Saints defense. Uh, what does help, obviously, both sides is that they've seen a bit of what what the team is all about early on in the season, uh, in Week Nine. But Drew Brees in the postseason, he's eight, eight and five with New Orleans, thirty-one touchdowns, ten interceptions. Um, quite interesting, actually. In eight playoff games, uh, they've always gone out in the, with the second game, so they've always won one game and then lost on the uh, on the second game. That's their last three as well, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, obviously, the one Super Bowl appearance there for Drew Brees with the Saints, uh, which obviously they went to win uh, against the Peyton Manning-led Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but also, interestingly, all five losses uh, in the playoffs for Drew Brees and the Saints has been away from away from the Dome. Um, and it, the stats, actually, for, for Drew Brees in the Dome are, are quite significant compared to away. So career career passer rating uh, in the Dome is 13 points more uh, when, he's, he's, when he's inside than he is uh, outside. Uh, he completes 5% more of his passes. Uh, his win percentage in domes is 63% and 55% on the outside. So obviously you're New Orleans and you're Drew Brees. You want to be at home in the dome. Uh, it's going to help. Uh, the, the fans are going to be loud. So again, that's another thing we mentioned last uh, last podcast is that you know could get into to Jared Goff's head and you know, he might be able to struggle to, to you know, what's the word, um, see what the play is and see what the defence has given him without Sean McVay in his ear. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see how they run that offense of the Rams. But yeah, I mean, the, the Rams is going to is can they can they run the ball like they did last week? Um, can they can they quieten Michael Thomas, who burned Marcus Peters last time out? Twelve receptions, two hundred eleven yards, and a touchdown as well. Uh, and just a point on Michael Thomas as well: only five wide receivers uh, have, have totaled more than two hundred fifty catches in their first three seasons, uh, and Michael Thomas has blown them all out of the water with three hundred twenty-one. So um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, a lot, hell of a lot. Um, well, yeah, well, like we said earlier, I think he's he's cementing himself in the uh, top five wide receivers. Um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of have a little old debate throughout the summer, I guess, and mm-hmm. for the next season. And uh, he's cemented himself in that now. And you know, he's doing it in the big game as well. Last season, last sorry, last week, uh, his performance in the last round was uh, yeah, incredible. Mm. Yeah, and so I think the big factor in the, in this game as well is the home is the home field advantage for the New Orleans Saints. Um, Jared Goff, um, like we mentioned on the podcast as well on Tuesday, Jared Goff over the last month or so has not been actually that great. His uh, season season percentages and his stats aren't that great. Sixty percent completion rate, 
um, 10 t- touchdowns and, and 9 interceptions uh, you know, in December, 58.9% completion rate, 6 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Uh, and third and short, he's actually only completing 54.5% of his passes. Uh, and then to add to that as well, his two playoff games, the one last week and then the one last year uh, at home to Atlanta, he's only f- completing 53% of his passes. So he's going to need to step up on what he's shown previously and over the last uh, you know, last couple of weeks, last month or so, uh, since the Kansas City game, the, you know, the highest scoring one there. Uh, and let's not also forget this is a Brandon Cooks revenge game. Um, obviously, Cooks with with the Saints early on in, in his career, but it should be yeah, like I say, it should be a good one. But I I I quite fancy the Saints here minus the points. Yeah, yeah I, I got the Saints. There's a whole good advantage. You you've sort of well made that point. That it's a it's big it's a big advantage to be tied mm. in your environment, like the travel with the fans. And yeah, like you say, Joe Goff's got to prove it, hasn't he? He's got to go out there and do it in the big games. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady have done it. Mm. Um, yeah, their careers almost. And yeah, he's, he's just on the start of his journey and he's, he's got to start out. And, and yes, that would need big games and uh, start doing it himself. And, and kind of, um, yeah, he needs to, he needs to sort of a uh, game where he takes the game by the scruff of the neck and really win the big team, I think. And um, yeah, whether he can do that on. On the weekend, it's uh, is a different story. But you know, he's, he's he's there, and he's he's got the. I think he's got the skill to do it. Uh, it's whether it's whether it'll actually come off. I think it's definitely a possibility. Though I'm not counting out the ramp by any means, even though you know we've both gone for the Saints. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like we like we like to say on the podcast, Lee, you got he's, he's got to pull his pants up and tell his balls to pick a lane. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely got to do that, and uh, they long may that phrase continue on the pod. Do you think if if Breeze, um, yeah, talking about Drew Breeze for for a moment, I mean, does he, does he give it another go next year, regardless of whether he wins a Super Bowl? Uh, I see. I've I've said it all season. I've said I've had the feeling all season that he'll hang it up anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to. If he gets through, if he gets through this round and then plays in the Super Bowl, you don't go out. If you lose the Super Bowl, you don't go out and lost in the Super Bowl. So that'd be really tough to walk away from. Um, whether you know if you lose this game, maybe you can say that they're not quite there. But I don't know. It's a really tough one. I, I think I still have the feeling that they walk away. I'm not. I'm not. Nothing is changing my mind on that score. Mm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think he will. Yeah. Uh, I, I just got this gut feeling that he will. Mm. I mean, I, I think he's more likely to if they win a Super Bowl. It's just interesting. Obviously, at the start of the season, he yeah. signed a two-year a two-year deal, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He did. Um, they've, they've, they've moved you know, for Bridgewater for a reason. That's another factor in it. And obviously, he's a free agent. And to then throw away, oh, I can't remember what pick it was, but whatever pick they, they you know, traded the the Vikings. I was going to say Jets. I had to like, fight myself to say Vikings. But no, it was the Jets, wasn't it? Well, they, last year, 2018, they, I think they traded with the Packers, didn't they? No, Bridgewater haven't played for the Packers. Oh, so, oh, so for the trade years with the Jets, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant the draft last year. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had like a, a like a blank moment where my mind was kind of fighting between the Vikings and the Jets. Yeah, no, um, it was Jets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, whether they traded the Jets, sorry to get back on track. Whether they traded the Jets is just a big waste if then Breeze, uh, you know, carries on and then uh, you know Bridgewater just just goes as a free agent to another team. Not that you know, not that I'm saying that Bridgewater is equal to Breeze in any way, but. I was just thinking, why would they have done that trade if you know if they didn't have a plan for it? Even if Breeze might have told them behind closed doors, you know, fellas, this might be my last season. Um, you might need to think about a succession plan, blah blah blah. 
you know, and, and then like I say, to then like to just walk away from nothing. Mm. It's kind of just a waste, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have to obviously wait and see a couple of weeks, or you know, if he hangs it up uh, after the Super Bowl, if they, if they do indeed get there. But I, I think he'll probably come back for one more. Um, do we do we think? Uh, I know a lot of people say about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, obviously not winning that many Super Bowls, and it's a bit of a waste. Do we think Drew Brees only winning one's a bit of a waste as well for career? Or uh, you could say that, I guess. But I, don't, I think far too much emphasis is is put on X player has only won X amount or no Super Bowl, and oh, yeah. therefore they are, are you know, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Because the Super Bowl is a team, it's a team achievement. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got someone like Eli Manning, I know he gets picked on his role all, all the time, who has won a championship or two with, through great defence. You know, Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl when he was dreadful through a good eight defence. Mm. You know, you can... It was Tom Brady excuse for every single one of his rings and say that he, he didn't, I don't know, it's kind of something that's levelled at him quite often and why people are quite, quite jealous of his success and the Patriots' success. But you can kind of make excuses like that. And, you know, it's, the style sometimes the line and you get a Super Bowl ring, it doesn't necessarily, it's sometimes in spite of you mm. as opposed to being because of you. So, I, you know, I think there is a bit of too much emphasis on it. So, yeah, it, you know, potentially, yeah, it is a bit of a waste. You know, maybe you should have had one or two more. Same for Rodgers. Um, same for a couple of other guys who have been around recently and obviously in the past as well. Mm. I think, but, you know, things happen. Like Sean Payton, Sean Payton was banned for a year. Things yeah. like that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot of factors. But, no, you know, if you get one, then you, you, you've still been very lucky and very successful in this game. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I don't think it's a waste, no, not per se, but yeah, maybe you could have had more as well. Yeah, maybe Super Bowls is probably maybe a bit harsh. I, I think I'd maybe expect a bit more from him and, and maybe the Saints. They're only, you know, their playoff record is 9 and 10 uh, all time. That's not just, just Drew Brees, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they should have had a bit more success in the playoffs because, like I say, last three times they've been in the playoffs, not including this season, they've always gone one. Uh, they've won one game and then lost the second game. So, um, you know. Yeah. They've not really got as far. Well, maybe they haven't got as far. They haven't fulfilled the potential, maybe, with, with Drew Breezer. No. no, maybe not. But then, you know, just talking about last year, that the, what happened, nothing to Drew Breezer, not, not on him at all, but yet yeah, that's been used as a stick to beat him with, yeah, kind yeah. of, by us now. Yeah. Which is kind of like, that's, what, that's kind of a point that these things can happen. It's kind of like, it's not your fault or on the other side of it, like your team wins in spite of you rather than because of you in the same sense. Just with Breeze, obviously, just success outside of that. Obviously, how many times has he been um, passing leader throughout the yeah. years? You yeah, know, he's, yeah. he's won that. He's got the most passing yards in a season ever. As, you know, he's got he's got little personal accolades like that. That to me kind of have not the same value maybe as a, as a ring, but like should have more value placed upon them by people having these kind of conversations and debates. I think. Yeah, and let's not forget as well. So there's two things, two things for me on that about that is there's a, there's so many talented QBs uh, at the moment. Yeah, you've got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, uh, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes, and yeah, only one only one team can win a Super Bowl per year. So you know, it's not as if there's many Super Bowls to go around to all these players, I suppose. Uh, and like I say, it's, it's those fine margins that decide min- games like the Minnesota and uh, and and. New Orleans game from last year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also the second, the second part is, I suppose that just that just pays tribute to to, to what Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick have done. I suppose, eight. I mean, what eight straight eight straight um, championship games? Yeah, 
Absolutely, that's a great segue uh, into the New England game. You know, uh, and say how many how many years is it now that everyone's buried buried the Patriots more than the Undertaker buries um, his opponents in WWE buried alive or casket matches. So, um, yeah, New England plus three going into Arrowhead and Kansas City Stadium. It's supposed to be one of the coldest games uh, of recent times there in the playoffs. Uh, over under here again, fifty six and a half all time record. Casey uh, have, have the head to heads over uh, New England's uh, all time eighteen to fourteen with three ties. Uh, they've played each other the last couple of last couple of, over the last couple of years. Obviously, they played back uh, back earlier in the season. Um, uh, there was forty three as week six forty three to forty. Uh, Gostowski uh, uh, field goal as time expired. 15-point lead there for, at half-time for the Patriots. That was in 45 degrees weather, just uh, FYI. Um, Tyreek Hill, obviously, with a hat-trick. be interesting to see what he can do. The last two games that he's played against the Patriots, he's had seven seven receptions, 133 yards and touchdown, seven receptions, 142 yards uh, and three touchdowns. So um, that will obviously be the key for New England there. And like you um, you said last last time on the podcast, Lee, they're, they're prone to, to the deep ball, so... Uh, be, in, be interested to see what they kind of dial up there for Tyreek Hill. Um, they've only had one playoff game uh, between these two, and funnily enough, it was an Andy Reid, Bill Belichick game. Uh, New England Patriots winning that one a bit more comfortably, 27 to 20. That was way back in 2015. But yeah, should be should be um, interesting to see. You know, it's, it's yeah, oh, it's the old guard versus the the protege, isn't it? It's um, you know Mahomes, 50 touchdowns in the season. Um, be interesting to see kind of how this one plays out. Yeah, it's like you say, it's the it's the prodigy versus the old master again, isn't it? Round two, uh, the the last game earlier on in the season in week six was a great game. Uh, I, I expect the same to be honest with you. Maybe not as high scoring, um, but again, it's, it, like I've just been talking about with the the Rams and the Saints game, I can kind of see the possibilities for each. I kind of edge towards it being a bit of a more of a low scoring game in comparison to the week six game because of the weather and because it's in the playoffs. Uh, I can see the the ground game being a bit more prominent. But um, at the same time, just like what you were just saying um, about Tyreek Hill, I think you know the Chargers obviously spotted that wrinkle in the the, the, and the, the weakness in the Patriots' defence last week and you know, tried to expose it. went deep quite often um, and, you know, it was with a fair amount of success. And, you know, you got Tyreek Hill, who's one of the best deep threats in the league, if not the best. One of, if not the fastest guy in the league, you know, no one can really guard him one on one. And uh, yeah, like you say, I said that last week um, with, or oh, earlier on this week, um, without the research in front of me of his past numbers, and then obviously I, I was just about to go onto those numbers as you just pointed out, mm-hmm. um, and it just all points towards that again, I think, and that could be one to break the game open. You know, a long touchdown after a few maybe grinding drives, you know, a couple of stops, you know, for each side either way. And then if Mahomes can uncork one and Hill can get himself underneath there, it could just break the game open, like I say. So, yeah, another close one, I think. Um, and, yeah, maybe maybe something like that just to break the game open and, and just put some distance. I'll go for Kansas City, actually. Mm. 
you know, over again. Um, and then, yeah, it could be maybe by seven mm. uh, points and just something like that, maybe like one touchdown or something, you know, again. Yeah, I mean, everything points to Kansas City in this one, doesn't it? The only, the only tick box that they can't tick is the playoff experience. I mean, this is uh, for Kansas City's first uh, conference championship game since their loss to the Bills back in 93. And like I say, this is New England's eighth straight. So um, there is that. It just depend, depends on how much of a leveller that is. Uh, I mean, I think it proved last week uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't really care for, um, you know, how good and how respected the New England Patriots are. He's just kind of like Baker Mayfield a little bit. He just doesn't care about reputation, does he? He's just going to go in, play his game, and, and show him, show everyone why, you know, he's the best uh, New England on the year. I mean, it's not been vintage Patriots, has it? We've seen less and less of Gronk. It's been more of a run game uh, where most most other teams uh, have pivoted the other way to the passing game. It's, it's interesting to see how over the years New England have gone about their business. It's obviously opposite to, to most others. Um, but yeah, it will come down to the run game for New England. You know, can they open up the same lanes they did last week with uh, Gronk on the line there as well? Can you know? Let's not forget this Kansas City defense, apart from last week, have, have been terrible against the run uh, all, all day. But you know, if, if there is a weakness of New England, like I said, it's, it's the long ball, and they've got the the people just um, set up there. You know, if you've got Kelsey that can go deep, deep seams, and you've got Tyreek Hill. Um, as well, and you've got the cannon of the arm from Mahomes. But Kansas City actually uh, most touchdowns as a team, 66 uh, altogether, uh, 70, 71 including defenses as well. Say 50 of those from the arm of Patrick Mahomes. However, uh, one key to being New England, uh, especially in the playoffs, is, is is discipline. And Kansas City were the most penalised team on the year. That's something you can't really do against New England. Um, they've had 137 flags accepted against them for over 1,100 yards. Um, so they're going to have to cut that out for a start, aren't they? Um, but yeah. they are, they're 8-1 at home. They've, they've scored at least 26 points in every game. So, you know, like I say, their, their average dri- points per drive is, is over a field goal. So it might be an element here. Yeah, it's going to be a case of can they can they speed out to it to a lead and you know keep New England at bay or can New England kind of hold them to field goals? Um, and again, like I say, weather could be an, could be an interesting one here. Um, it's supposed to be under thirty degrees. Uh, games where Brady's played in under thirty degrees, he's twenty four and four. So um, in, in games under twenty degrees uh, Fahrenheit, uh, sorry, so, uh, yeah, Fahrenheit is uh, five and one. So yeah. But obviously, you know, the weather's not going to affect Brady. They played. They play in Foxborough in January, so they know what cold weather is all about. Usually, they use that to their advantage. But funnily enough, I saw a stat today actually in Mahomes' short career, his worst four games have come in the worst, you know, the coldest four temperatures. So it'd be quite interesting to see actually, kind of how he deals with it. Um, you know, first first championship game as well. I know he won't really care too much about that, but you know, all you need is that one percent doubt in your mind for it to all, to all come falling apart. And New England Patriots aren't the team that you want to play. No, exactly. Um, and just this is what niggles me. You know, I had to go for the, the Chiefs, and you know, I point out the Patriots' weaknesses. But then at the same time, you kind of have that that sort of feeling in your stomach as a football fan that the Patriots are just going to turn up in the playoffs. And they're just going to be that well-oiled machine, like I thought, like I talked about against the Chargers, and they're just going to pick apart this D. And then, like you say, the penalties as well. If the Chiefs can't rein in that discipline. If Andy Reid's sort of playoff, Andy Reid comes out and he mismanages the clock a little bit because, you know, Belichick's not going to do that. You know, the, the momentum starts to swing the other way in your mind about who's going to win. And, and, yeah, it makes it really even, I think. I think it just makes it a really even choice. Um, it's a really close one, hence why, you know, the bookies have got it as, a, you know, just a, the default three-point home favourite, I guess. Yeah, 
Yeah, and just a final point for me. Another another key to the game is to to, to see what the defensive line there, the pass rush for the Patriots can do. Um, the, the, you know they were amazing last week against the Chargers, but they're going to need to get to Patrick Mahomes to stop you know Tyreek Hill getting. Uh, you know, developing those deep routes within Sammy Watkins as well. Um, Going to try and limit them to, to, to shorter plays, dinker dunk type stuff, and kind of keep it a close one, I think. And then maybe just try and sneak her in again with with Gostowski like they did earlier in the season. Uh, I don't think it'd be as high scoring as it as it, as it was back in uh, week in week six. Uh, I think they'll just try and bit of gamesmanship, you know, try and use all the all the tricks in the in the in the playbook there and, and just kind of sneak a win, field go as time expires. Uh, and yeah. I think I think whoever has the ball last in this game will probably win. Um, I think that's the the way the Patriots will will, will keep it. They'll keep it close uh, and then just try and get the last possession. Yeah, could do. Um you know like like we were talking about with the runs and saying there's probably gonna be a few stops in this one. It's not just going to be up like a basketball game, up one, one on score, up the other end score. Um, and yeah, it could come down to that. It could come, it could, could be really tight. But like I say, I'm kind of looking for a, a game-breaking play either way again, just like in the round say, maybe on defense, maybe like a long touch chance, I've said. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose I suppose from a, from a viewer's point of view, they'll, they'll want a Kansas City Saints um Kansas City versus the Saints Super Bowl because I think everyone's obviously a bit tired of, of New England. But again, that's just a testament to... How how good and how well they executed their their teams have been over over the last decade or so certainly since I've I've been watching NFL but yeah I, I suppose for the for the neutrals of Kansas City uh, New Orleans Saints Super Bowl yeah I think that'd be really nice actually <laughs> I say for a little bit of variety sake and then also uh, I think that would be a really great game as well and obviously the, the number one seeds facing off so I guess you know in that sense no one could really complain about it you know. So that's what me and Lee think. But what does Adam think? Let's get our best bets for Championship Weekend. Okay, it's that time of the week. We haven't said it for a while, so I'm going to say it again. Time to win some geesh! As always, Adam Morford from Touchdown Tips is going to join us. And thankfully, he's just got in from a family meal. So he's decided to hop on and give us... All of the all of the tips to to win us all of the money. I heard you uh, got, went to Zizi's, Adam. Yeah, yeah, lovely uh, pasta and meatballs meal. <laughs> pasta and meatballs. Are you? Uh, is that is that your favourite of the Italian restaurants or? I uh, definitely better than Pizza Express, isn't it? Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, miles better than Pizza Express. Yeah, they, I mean they're both expensive for what they are. I'm not not really a fan of spending money to be honest. <laughs> but um, you're yeah, a fan they, of winning uh, money. Pardon? A fan of winning money. Oh yeah, yeah. Try and do that. I mean, we admittedly we've not done brilliantly at that recently, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Always nice when that pays off. Yeah. I think um, that's that might be more, looking at last week's uh, return sheet. Might be what Adam Gase was looking at when he had the uh, Jets conference. Yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> he looked about as shocked as. As I well. was when I realised that nothing had actually come through. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty shocking week for both of us. Both landed on Napsos, so I suppose every cloud silver lining and all that malarkey. Um, my nap was Zeke any time, and your map was uh, Chester Rogers over 27.5. But all the other other stuff that we uh, kind of tipped, just absolutely nothing. It was a funny uh, weekend betting-wise. Yeah, the Chargers let us down. Um, I had them in my fourfold. They were the one that let me down. I mean, it was all favourites, wasn't it? And obviously you kind of try and mix it up and avoid the obvious but it doesn't always work no no absolutely not but yet um 
Yeah, so we'll move on just to two games to lose our money on this week, though. Adam, um, New Orleans Saints, the Rams, Kansas City, uh, New England Patriots. Uh, here's a stat for you. Championship games in a dome have all gone under since 2000. How do you feel about that? I, I didn't know that. I, I was uh, no, I was leaning over actually in the Saints game just because, just because you you got to imagine it will be. I didn't know that stat. It's um, interesting that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you, when you kind of come to bed and you look at those kind of stats, I don't. Do you do you kind of pay attention to those kind of stats or like you know fair enough that you know, all championship games in a dome have gone under since two thousand, but it doesn't it has absolutely no bearing on the on the game. No, no bearing at all on this year. On the, you don't know what the over and line was. You don't know really who was playing unless you really go back and look at how the games went. You can't really judge anything on them. I mean, it's nice to use, and obviously stats can prove or disprove pretty much any point you want. Yeah. Oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. Most generally, they're fairly useless. No, numbers don't lie unless you manipulate them to do so. Um, okay, so yeah, just the two games this week. So we start off with New Orleans, the Rams, then first game on Sunday night. The uh, over-under, like I said in the uh, podcast, over-under is 56.5, and the Saints are minus three. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I think Saints minus three. Um, they've won, uh, Peyton and Breeze have won six in a row um, at home in the playoffs. Um, so I think they're undefeated in the playoffs as a duo. Um, so I can't see uh, I think the Saints will win it frankly that's um, the start of it for me and yeah the over under I'm leaning over I probably won't take it because it's a very high line but I think it'll be a fairly high scoring game it it depends on the run game if the run games get going like they did last week I mean the Rams got nearly 270 yards on the ground Um, the Saints are without Sheldon Rankin who is a good run blocker Um, so they might be able to run it, keep the ball, slow the slow the game down a bit, but um, it should be it should be a really interesting game. Really looking forward to that one. Mm. What was your stat there about Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton about the playoffs? I believe that they are unbeaten at home in oh, the home. playoffs. I yeah, think yeah, six. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say they've uh, their five their five defeats have um, come away. Yeah, the way of it. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah six uh, six in a row at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they lost to Minnesota last year, Seattle the year before that, uh, San Francisco the year before that, and then at Seattle again in 2010, uh, and then I think at Chicago in back in 2006, I think he was still he, he was there then. But um, yeah, I, I said earlier in the podcast about uh, home field advantage for for Drew Brees and all the stats there. So um, yeah, I won't repeat them and regurgitate them in this section. But yeah, for the handicap, I've gone uh, New Orleans, and for the totals, I've just gone unders. I just think this is going to be quite comfortable for New Orleans. Actually, I know the Rams are. A juggernaut, blah blah blah. Sean McVay, you know, we've heard it all before, but I think they'll go all out to stop stop Gurley. I don't, I don't think uh, Todd Gurley and uh, C.J. Anderson are going to get quite the uh, success they did last last week against the Cowboys. That was uh, a bit unusual there. I think they'll control the clock, New Orleans. I think they'll win quite comfortably. The, the bet I do like in this one actually, total field goals over three and a half at five to six. I can easily see Lutz, Lutz and Zerline are two of the best best around uh, in the dome, which I know statistically doesn't make any difference. Um, but yeah, points I think could be a little bit of a premium in this one, and I think there'll be four. There will be four, at least four field goals. So that was uh, five to six for that. Um, yeah, so like I say, like New Orleans minus three, like the unders. I just think it's a tad, a tad too high. Maybe you could buy a, a couple of points up and pay a shorter price. But uh, yeah, I've just seen um, for, for touchdown wise, uh, Drew Brees twenty to one, Jared Goff sixteens. I think one of those might get in the end zone. Um, Brees likes his uh, one yarders, doesn't he? And Goff. 
bit of a, he's, he's a bit more mobile, so he could maybe run one in from a couple of yards out if uh, Gurley and Nansen maybe not getting it done. I did actually have Ben Watson uh, striked up for any time touchdown score at 92, but I've just yeah. seen he's at, he's just been ruled out with appendicitis or something. So I was just going to go and see what uh, Josh... Oh, I yeah, I just literally in the couple, last couple of minutes uh, of recording. So I was just going to go and see what Josh Hill uh, was or Dan Arnold or something. Some, um... Any news on... Um... Yeah, is there any news on Keith Kirkwood? Uh, not that I've heard. Because he's... Uh... No, he's mispracticed during the week. Um and he, he was one I was looking at. Um, the thing is, with the price, I, I understand why you're going with Watson. It's his last game in New Orleans, isn't it? It's Because yeah. um, he's retiring after this season. So he, he was one I was trying to keep an eye on as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, if he's ruled out, then definitely not. Um, Dan Arnold, I think, was inactive last week. So it would make sense for them to just bring him straight in. Yeah. So yeah, I'd um, probably get a decent price on him. I'd yeah, imagine. yeah. I'm just gonna have a quick look now if uh, Odd Checker allows me to. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, it's a bit shame. Like I say, like last game, and he's probably gonna retire, isn't he, for, at the end of the season? Uh, ben Watson. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's have a little look. Do, 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 do. Josh Hill tens. Yeah. Dan Arnold is twenties. So if anyone wants a bit of a poke, some some people have. Uh, that's with Skybet as well. Twenties. A couple of firms have shortened him up to fours. So might be worth getting on that one. Probably by the time this goes out, probably be a bit shorter. But ho hum. You can get twelves with William Hill. Yeah, well, at least I can get on while we're talking about it now. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, what, so, good news for me. Yeah. So whilst you do that, I'll talk about the Kansas City New England game then. So. Uh, for uh, this hang, one. On, hang on, hang on, hang oh, on. Go on. I've got a few, um, few more. Yeah, the, the bad thing, obviously, this week is that they're expecting high-scoring games, so the prices on most of the touchdown guys are really low. Yeah, it's um, pretty difficult to find any value. That's why I was looking at Keith Kirkwood. Um, he is, he's been, he's missed training the last couple of days. Um, so without him, I've gone Trey, Trey Smith at nine to two on William Hill. Um, just because, like I say, I'm kind of scraping around for a bit of higher value. Um, I've got Josh Reynolds at 9-4, who um, I'll have a little bit on as well, uh, for the Rams. Um, he didn't do much last week, but um, you think Lattimore will be on, um, probably on Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods plays in the slot, so Trey, um, Josh Reynolds should get the easier coverage of PJ Williams, who's not been very good this year. Mm. And then I've got a couple of yardage. I've got Ted Ginn over 48 and a half. I was on him last week and he got 44. But if Breeze had thrown him properly on that first play of the game, it would have won within <laughs> yeah. two minutes. Yeah. He, um, yeah, massively underthrew that. And that would have been probably 75 yards in a touchdown. So uh, that one kind of screwed me over last week. And then I don't think Anderson and Gurley had the success they had last week. But I think CJ Anderson over 40 and a half yards is um, a pretty good line. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, I listened to a different podcast today and they've got Steve Fezzik on there who is uh, a professional better and he said that that was his prop of the weekend was anything up to 42 and a half and yeah you can get over 40.5 on red zone at the mm. moment for CJ Anderson so I'm quite happy to take that one yeah yeah not too bad uh, was that was yep. that was that your all for New Orleans uh, that is it for that game I was tempted I will probably go with Josh Reynolds two or more at 16 to one as well but Again, the odds aren't exactly uh, no. that tempting with that one, frankly. But is is the best I could find. Yeah, that's not that's not going to buy you too many pieces from Zizi's, is it? So let's uh, move on, see if we can find some value then in the Kansas City, <laughs> Kansas City hosting the New England Patriots. Uh, similar to uh, the handicaps and totals, I like New England on the pay, on the handicap, and I like the overs in this one. 
A couple of touchdown scorers that I do like. Uh, Chris Connolly, fours. Rex Burkhead, 9-2. I'm not going to do Patrick Mahomes, although whenever I seem to be on him, he doesn't score and vice versa. So I'm just going to leave him alone. Um, He's trying to tell me something, I think. Uh, A couple of things on the back of stats. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, under 294 passing yards. uh, 294.5 passing yards. It's all all about that half. Uh, 17-20 at Betway. Only one uh, one in six games uh, where he's played in under 20 degrees uh, or under has he thrown for over 207 yards. So to have 294 yards uh, as you line there is pretty high considering that's what's that, a third, uh, even well, 100%, uh, 50% extra, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that could be yeah. quite interesting. Anything that could probably do that is if Kansas City get out to a big lead and they're going to have to throw and James White could get a lot of yardage there. And talking to James, uh, James White... Obviously, on the back of his 15 reception, 97-yard week last week, you can still get over 47.5 receiving yards there um, with Sporting Bet at uh, 11 to 13. That that old that old chestnut. But like I say, James White is trusted in the playoffs. He is kind of game script proofed in the se- in, in that sense because of that. And if they do get behind, he's the back. He's on the field, so uh, he's going to get a lot of dump offs. <coughs> excuse me, out of the backfield. So over his 47.5 receiving yards, I thought was pretty generous. Yep, I have gone similar to you on that one. I've taken the over five and a half reception for him. Um, as you said, he got 15 last week, and it was his line was set at four and a half last week. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was surprised to see they only knocked it up by one, to be honest. So I'll quite happily take over five and a half. And on um, Skybet, you can actually take over seven and a half um, if you really think that they're going to go again. I think that was about three to one. Didn't he have, didn't um, he have six on the opening drive last week? Something ridiculous Sounds like that, yeah. Um, I I put a tweet out saying if you had um, his reception, you've won on. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it was the first drive. Uh, over seven and a half is just under three to one. Mm. Not bad. For over seven and a half receptions, which in fairness, probably, yeah, probably ain't going to be far off. No. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm again on that one. I've got the Chiefs uh, minus three. The, um, the, number one seeds the home field advantage have won the last 10 um, championship games on the NFC and NFC combined um, admittedly most of them were at home yeah. so that kind of skews it a little bit yeah. um, but it's still a pretty impressive fact and the one thing that is a slight worry is Patrick Mahomes in the cold yeah. he's four worst games of his career again admittedly a short career is oh sorry it's five worst games of his have been the five coldest temperatures. Yep. We follow, um, we follow the same people still, on Twitter. Still above average, but uh, not quite as good. Pardon? No, we must follow the same people on Twitter because I got I, I said that stat earlier in the podcast. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, there, there you go, then. There you go. Yeah, um, obviously, these things kind of make the rounds, don't they? And yeah. you, you try not to repeat them and uh, copy it all, but it's a fairly yeah. valid stat. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that he's, he's still 66%. He's still above average, but... It um it was worth mentioning at least. Yeah. Um, I've also got um Damian Williams over sixty one and a half rushing yards, um because the temperature. I mean, it's not as cold as they were expecting earlier in the week. They were thinking minus or minus twenty odd or something ridiculous, weren't they? Um, I think that's now a little bit a uh, little bit warmer, but you'd imagine a lot of it will still be done on the ground. Uh, Damian Williams and a half was a pretty decent line being the main guy in the in the backfield for them. Mm. Um, and then regards to the cold, also got longest field goal under 45 and a half yards. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it was at 47 and a half earlier in the week, so that's been backed. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Uh, current forecast is 26 degrees Fahrenheit. 
So that's not too bad, really. It's only like minus three or four. Yeah, only. Um, yeah, rather than... Yeah, the... yeah compared <laughs> to what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I like that. So James White, um, that could be done quite quickly. And it's game script proof, really, as well, because they, they use him generally in the playoffs, and if they get behind, he's going to get a lot more a lot more receptions. But, um, yeah, yeah, okay. So is there any... Yeah. So obviously I said to you before the podcast, maybe do a, look at a couple of cross doubles, um, which is usually about you know two, two, three, three to one there for the ten to eleven doubles. Any 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 doubles you like there for across the two championship games? Uh, just just the Bournemouth would have taken both the spreads, but that's only about two and a half to one because um, the Saints minus three is slightly under uh, ten to eleven. It's yeah. twenty to twenty three by the look of it. Um, and then yeah, just double up half the, most of the props really. Hmm. Um, annoyingly, you can't double on red zone. You can only have the props as single. Yeah. Um, on the yardage anyway um, but Skybet you can chuck any of them together Paddy Power you can do any of them um, so yeah not too bad I was um, for some reason I'm tempted to take the Rams uh, first quarter um, yeah. so Rams minus 0.5 in the first quarter I just I just have it in my head that the Saints start slowly yeah yeah. and the um, the regular season game that these guys had the Rams were out to a fairly decent lead in the first quarter um, so you can actually get Rams, or Rams plus 0.5 at four to five, and then the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have outscored opponents by about 100 points in the first quarter yeah. in the regular season. Yeah. Um, Chiefs minus 0.5 is 11 to 10. Mm. So you could take those two on the double. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about those 0.5s, especially minuses, is it could quite easily be a tie after the first quarter, and it's just like, uh... yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that obviously is the issue. And then you see the Patriots last week scoring on the scoring a touchdown on the first four drives. Yeah, so yeah. that kind of goes goes against my Chiefs one. But um, they have typically this year jumped out to big leads in the first quarter. Yeah. Oh, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. A uh, couple, couple cross doubles for me. Um, one is New Orleans unders and New England plus three. That's 2.84 to one uh, with Marathon bet. And for touchdowns, Michael Thomas for... New Orleans, uh, coupled with James White, is just over three to one, just about nearly nearly hundred to thirty there. So again, when you've got two games, unless you're you're going for maybe bigger price wing casts or or stuff like that, you're not going to get great prices on doubles. But um, ho hum, that's that's the nature of the game. We've got two games to play, so we're going to bet it. We're going to be degenerate uh, degenerate gamblers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I um, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl week. I do. Um, last week, last year. I did um, a stupid punts blog and my proper ones and uh, quite enjoyed doing all the stupid punts ones. You get like the length of yeah. National Anthem. Yeah. I mean, last year, one of them was, will Pink be uh, airbound at any time during the anthem? <laughs> and just, just ridiculous stuff like that. I quite like looking into it all. Like, I've got proper research on the length of the National Anthems and how how long they've been over previous years and ridiculous stuff like that. And mm. there's actually some money to be made. I oh, actually yeah. made a um, bit of cash on them last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is with the bookies and the, and the traders, they know absolutely, you know, sod all. So they try and go off that, what they do over in the States. And, you know, generally, it, it's probably one of the few areas where you can probably still get an edge on a, on a bookie and say, working in the industry, I kind of know what goes on behind the scenes. And half of them don't even know what they're, what they're talking about. Um, in terms of the, those kind of props, but yeah, I, th- I think for the Super Bowl that'd be quite quite a fun segment to just go through loads of different props. But what we'll do, Adam, is we'll, we'll do like we did at the start of the season with the uh, the mythical hundred pounds. Maybe we'll have a hundred pounds to spend over the uh, the Super Bowl props. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, thing, things like if you, if you're paying enough attention on Twitter and if you follow all the B writers like I do, you can normally get a jump on them. Like last year, it was um, I think you could get about two to one on there being a Prince song played, and obviously it was in Minnesota and he died earlier that year and he's from Minnesota, so that one I did um, pretty well and made a bit of a cash on that. So yeah, like you said, you can can get an edge on the bookies if you're paying enough attention. Mm. Yeah, yeah, certainly agree there. A bit, a bit slower to to get there. It'd be interesting to see. Bet three six five is usually pretty good. Paddy Powers obviously will have ample, ample amount, uh, and then all the other bookies kind of lagging a bit behind, trying to trying to pretend they're cool, like like the the kid at school who tries to be cool. Um, I haven't yeah. got, I haven't got any more rhymes for that, but never mind. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that in a couple of weeks' time. Obviously, prior to the Super Bowl, we'll go we'll go through all the prop markets. We'll yeah, maybe have some best bets, and we'll we'll have a hundred pounds to maybe spend on a couple. Like first Maroon Five song or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I've always yeah. I've always wanted to have a yeah, bet yeah, on yeah. Travis Scott and Big Boy. I've always wanted to have a bet on a Big Boy. Do you know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm a little bit not not annoyed. I'm surprised that they got Big Boy and didn't get Andre three thousand but I'd imagine he probably said no due to the uh, whole beating up black people kind of thing in the States. Yeah. Uh, whereas Big Boy saw dollar signs and yeah. he, he, um, he, he think I think he probably decided that was the better way. Yep, Big Boy wanted some big cash and that's what he got. And we're going to try and win yes, these, yeah, those listeners out there some big cash. Don't forget to head over to tdtips.com where Adam does his great in-depth previews. I think you've just done your, have you done your two for the week? I did see uh, done I did. the NFC, yeah, done the NFC one. That was really painful. I'm, I'm not happy with it at all, just because <laughs> I've, I've got, I haven't really got a view on the game, so I struggled trying to go through it at all, and I got a little bit bogged down in stats, which I don't normally do. Mm. Um, I normally kind of go a bit more opinion, but I, I really, I can't really call the game. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game. So I ended up going a lot of stat based stuff, and yeah, just lots of numbers, which doesn't make it easy to read, but. Mm. Hey, I've got something out, and it's another 2,000-odd words. So yep. I, uh, hopefully hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it'll, say, be, it'll be useful. Yeah, absolutely. And say Twitter, always um, at Touchdown Tips is always, if you want to uh, thank Adam for all his winning bets, on either on here or on his website as well. So giving you plenty of winners, but plenty of knowledge as well. And that, that's the thing with betting. You, you know, knowledge is the power. Never, never bet on an event you don't kind of know... What, what you're talking about or, you know, how many people lose mo- loads of money on greyhounds because no one knows anything about greyhounds and, and same with horses really to an extent. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, your edge, your edge as a punter, you know, not necessarily if you're just professional punters, but the main reason professional punters are that is because they have the knowledge in a certain field and they just, you know, kill, get edges, get lines uh, and then they, they, you know, they make their money. So, um, yeah, if you, one, one tip from this segment is, you know, only bet what you know and if you don't know, listen to us too for American football. I suppose that's the moral of the story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a lot of the stuff I write is uh, stuff that I'm never going to use, but I I think it could be useful for other people. And I I normally try and point out a couple of trends and I I give strong hints towards things, even if it's things I'm not backing. And I've had had a few people message me saying that uh, they've backed things because of what they've read on mine, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, I say we'll enjoy the two games this weekend and we'll talk to you probably not next week, but the week after and we'll go through all the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll have a nice uh, week off um, being on the podcast, but I'll definitely be busy doing stuff on the site and uh, researching and doing what I can there. So yeah, definitely. I'll be um, Yeah, fingers crossed we'll do well this weekend. Talking of hints, it's time to find out who Lee thinks is going to go in the mock draft 2019. 
There you have it, betting breakdown there from yours truly and Adam Wolford. Don't forget to head over to TD Tips as well for his previews. Very much worth a listen. But Lee, before we go, obviously you, you posted up uh, a mock draft. Um, you know, 2018 is, is soon going to finish on, on the season. The curtain is going to is going to fall, uh, and so we're looking ahead already to the 2019 season. You've got your your second mock draft up. Do you just want to maybe talk a few a few things on there there that you've put to to give the listeners a, a reason to go? to go read it I know that they shouldn't need a reason but um, yeah, I assume you've still got Nick Bosa going number one uh, I don't actually oh um, teaser yeah I've gone for a bit of variety actually I mean I, I do actually say in, in the mock I do actually say you know it's, it's kind of just for variety's sake I don't want to just because obviously I'm still working through sort of watching a few things and, and sort of and, and kind of making my mind up about a few people. Um, I do like to throw in a little bit of variety. Um, not, not, I did my first one, didn't I, at yeah. the end of the regular season. Um, I, it's, it's not going to be anything like what my final one is, just before the draft. Um, and just, yeah, just th- sort of throwing out some names, uh, throwing out some fits, uh, throwing in a few, a few new names in this one, if you compare this to the last one. And I think if you compare sort of like... Maybe the more mainstream guys, like I know Daniel Jeremiah has just put out his uh, today, I think, on NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's someone I really admire as well, um, you know, as a draft analyst. Uh, mine is, is almost completely different. Um, there's quite a few different names in both of them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I've got a bit of a brain in, in some senses, but I like, you know, some players I like, some guys I just like to see the fit. Some guys play overdrafted a little bit just to get them out there, just to get you know, the, the people who, who don't sort of look at this kind of thing the whole season like I do, maybe just to sort of throw some names out that they might not have heard. Um, obviously, we can't really talk about your Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, because at the moment I'm just doing round one mocks. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice kind of go kind of gone a little bit more heavy on QBs in this one. Um, I do still think it's quite a shallow QB class. Um, but I've got how many? I think I've got three in my yeah I've got three three in my first round um, and you know you'll have to go over to the full 10 yards to see if a certain Kyler Murray's in there or not I'm not going to give that one away you have to go over <laughs> for yourself yeah. um, obviously the, the whole class is really really dominant with, with trench players on both sides of the ball plenty of them in there so if you feel like your trench play if you like to see who's going to be sort of replacing Khalil Mack at the Raiders or you know if your team is an edge pass rusher you know, head over, have a look, see if I've given you your guy, uh, read up on some people. Um, you know, I'll be doing these quite regularly, especially after the season finishes. Mm. Um, you know, so you can see sort of how I'm thinking about fits and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not, I don't really want to give too much away. Um, Nick Bosa does go number two in this in this one. He's still my best player on my, my sort of draft board at the moment, and I still think I, you know, there's a couple of months where I still think I'll, I'm walking number one over in my final. But, you know, all these things can change. Um, but yeah, I don't want to give too away, too much away, too much. But yeah, quite a heavy defense draft, uh, and that's reflected. Hmm. I think, and yeah, just go over and see what, what you think. Uh, obviously, always open for interaction. Tell me to pieces. Uh, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Yeah, just looking to get some debate going. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple, <clears throat> a couple of questions. Is um, will, will Dallas trade into the first round? Do you reckon? I, I mean, I strongly believe not because um, they've just given it their first round to pick away. So I don't see why they'd trade back into uh, the first round. But your thoughts? Uh, uh, could do. I mean, they'll have quite a late second round pick, won't they? As a, as a playoff team, so they'll be sat around for quite a while mm. um, if, if they don't. 
till the, the second day, um, mid midway through the second day almost mm. before they get to pick someone. So you know, if they fall in, in love with someone, a certain player, or you know, they think that they need to to move to get someone, um, yeah, they, they they probably will. But the front office hasn't been been super aggressive in the past, has it? On draft night, oh, no. and just stuck no. where they are. So these these people are kind of creatures of habit in my mind. Um, it's like we just speaking from my experience as a Chargers fan. Tom Telesco will move a couple of spots, you know, just up to get someone. He usually pulls trigger on that score a little bit too early. Um, we'll give away you know, a fourth round pick to move up a couple of spots when he probably could have held his nerve and stayed there. So I don't expect stuff like that. So obviously, as a Dallas fan, if, if, if you've not got the sort of tendency to, to move up, then it's probably not, not unless they fall in love with someone. And yeah, they could do. Um, you know, the, the back end of the first round, the start of the second, you kind of, kind of, that's where you're looking to move into and get that mm. fifth year option. Do love someone, but yeah, not not really. I think from the, the start of the second to the, the back end, sorry, the end of the second to the end of the first is quite a big leap to mm. take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we usually save our our um, overpays for the regular trade deadline. Hashtag Roy Williams, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see us going back into the first round. Um, to, to be honest, we're not. Yeah, apart from offensive line, really depth there, uh, and maybe a bit of a pass rush. Uh, although we, you know, I don't know what was happening to Randy Gregory in the off season, but um, I think I think we're okay. Young defense, uh, Dak Prescott obviously still in his rookie contract. Offensive line just needs a bit of a plug in. Michael Gallup, I was really impressed with uh, as the, the season ended. There, he he's going to be a star next year, I think. Uh, with Amari uh, Cooper, I know he's helped Zeke as well, but he's really helped uh, Michael Gallup not not have so much pressure on him as well. So he's been able to thrive. He's made some really good catches actually uh, last week against the Rams, but over the season he's had some uh, some decent catches. A lot of targets, mind you. Um, that you know, not a very good completion rate or pass rating for Dak Prescott to Michael Gallup. But um, yeah, I, I think we're not too far away. And I say I'm excited by the offensive coordinator to see who comes in, um, unless it's Mike McCoy or something. I don't know. But um, the other question, <laughs> the other question I had was uh, obviously you're quite big into the draft, and you said there about Daniel Jeremiah. Is there anyone out there, the listeners, make sure maybe you know for for people that aren't necessarily too in in tuned with the draft or you know what it's all about, who they should go follow, or what articles or any anything you kind of follow there? Um, that, there's two things. So the I just think more is more is better. You know, get get to see, sort of read as many people's opinions, read as many sites, and obviously don't just, just blindly follow, you know, what other people are saying by any means. You know, watch watch games, watch tape, go on YouTube, watch highlights, try and watch four games if you can, because then you get a better perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, try and read as much opinion about as much people as possible, get a rounded opinion. Um, not, you know, to add to your own as well, and sort of see what people are saying, especially if people who was in the game, like Dan Jeremiah, Booking Books on you know, NNL.com. Uh, but there's loads of sites out there, you don't have to just go to the mainstream just for those guys. Um, you know, there's obviously there's, there's a lot of big guys, but you know, a lot of like really small guys and, and people sort of like me who kind of just do this fun and, and just kind of put out their mock drafts. I, I, I get a lot of value from people like that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. these are people who, who genuinely love the draft. It's it's kind of taking on life of its own and being you know sort of its own event and its own sort of following just almost not 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 completely separate from the the league itself but but it's kind of like a huge event now and you know you've got people like I say who just go out and make mock drafts and and sort of scout players just for the fun of it and 
they're putting so much time and effort into it, it's good to sort of give them their, their sort of dues and sort of you get a lot of interaction with people like that and I get quite a lot of joy from that. Mm. Um, you know, myself and interacting with those people. Um, in terms of recommendations to follow, um, there's a website that's sprung up out of a couple of websites that have kind of joined forces called The Draft Network and I follow all their writers. I think they're a really talented bunch. Um, uh, there's one one dude in particular called Benjamin Solak. He's, a, he's an Eagles fan, actually. Um, and I think he does a bit of podcasting. I think he's a really talented writer. He writes for the Draft Network. But all those guys, so if, yeah, if you're on Twitter and if you like the draft, hmm. uh, search the Draft Network LLC. Um, and then, yeah, just follow all their writers. They're all pretty cool. And they think they've got a couple of podcasts. Um, and I listen to them as well. Uh, one's called the Draft Dudes, and then the other one is on NFL Draft Podcast. Hmm. Yeah, that's essential listening uh, yeah. both of those and yeah that would be my recommendations but yeah more than the merrier I'd say uh, overall feeling uh, just yeah taking as much information as possible hmm. watch as much games as possible and then uh, yeah and you'll have sort of your own opinion and uh, yeah be quite rounded I'd say yeah, the one, the one I'd add to that is uh, last year, and I'm, now I, I know I say it every year, but I've not um, been too in tune with college as much as I'd like to. I watched a bit more than I have done in previous years, but again, very much uh, worse than a rookie, worse than a novice type uh, stuff from my end. So like last year, I remember listening to Roto World's uh, podcast. They did some draft stuff with Josh Norris. I can't remember the other guys' names, but they have like a round table and they go through the whole first round and that kind of stuff, and it's really in-depth. I'm talking like a two-hour, three-hour podcast. Um, that was that was pretty good as well. So I very much recommend. That's quite easy to to digest for for any newbies out there. But yeah, you can, you can catch Lee's uh, blog at there fourteen yards dot com forward slash blog. It's also on fourteen yards dot com uh, slash college hyphen football. I, I need to stick the link up on there um, when I put this up. But yeah, you can go go and check that out on there. And like I say, Lee will be doing quite a few uh, more mock drafts between now and uh, the, the draft in Tennessee. Um, who knows? I might even go and try and do one myself I, I think I sucked last year but yeah it made it made for a good podcast we had a bit of a chat and I, I got quite into the draft last year it'd be interesting to see if, if that can be re- replicated this season yeah for sure uh, uh, yeah you've got to do it um, you know you've come, we've come on board with joint forces and yeah I hope to sort of pass that on to you yeah. and uh, yeah get you sort of fully into it as, as I have because honestly to me it, it's it, 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 you know after the season's finished it's what I look forward to most it's kind of it's kind of my sort of favourite specialised area within the game for mm. I look what I hold most and, and really like as well. I love the draft. It's my sort of second Christmas. Yeah. Okay. That is it. That's uh, obviously that's a bit later on in the in the year. But obviously this weekend is Championship weekend, so all this is out there. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy Championship weekends. I hope you enjoy both the games there: Patriots at the, uh, the Chiefs and the Rams at the Saints. Let us know what you think of the games, any any shout-outs, any mailbag questions. or yeah, so I'm sure there will also be some refereeing decisions there over the weekend that Roger will come and break down for us next week. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, again, say thank you all very much for joining us. Hopefully you can join us again next week. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, it's uh, goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the championship weekend. And, uh, yeah... Good luck to everyone who's sort of putting money on and uh, good luck to everyone in our bracket competition. There are some really good scores in there already. Yeah, same same comments here. Yeah, and it's goodbye for me. I'm going to go crack open a Foster's because Scotland hand's just been fired. So, <laughs> in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. 
Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.